It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It is October 28th, 2022, a football Friday, a full preview of the weekend's action coming up. TCU, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Iowa State. Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Baylor versus TCU. Previews of it all coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Glad to have you with us. We are brought to you today by Underdog Fantasy, the best place to get in on the fantasy action on the college side of things. More on that coming up later on in the show. Make sure you guys subscribe. We're on the road to 2,500 right now, around 50 away, less than 50 away, trying to get there by the end of the month. So I think Monday, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Monday, we're going to try to be at the uh, at the 2,500 subscriber threshold. Help us get there. All right, not a moment to waste because there is so much Big 12 action that we have to preview. We will go chronologically through the day like we normally do this week. I deviated from that last week, so we'll go back to the normal stuff today. So I want to get to all of these games and kind of talk about the storylines going into here because storyline now is what's uh, really driving a lot of these contests. 11 a.m. on ESPN, number seven TCU at West Virginia, the Mountaineers are a seven and a half point dog. The over under is 69 points. Um, four Big 12 games this week. All of them have single, single digit spreads, single score spreads, too. Every single spread this week is within one score in the league, which is crazy considering we've got a game here where the number one team in the league is going to play one of the bottom teams in the league. And it's funny because TCU is ranked number seven. And, you know, a lot of talk about them, the college ball playoff. I think a lot of the focus um, on this this game is squarely on West Virginia. That's what it feels like. As good as a story as TCU is, that story is going to be there for a bit. But the story for me with this game, it's it could be the end for Neil Brown right now. And look, I think actually, you know, the more I think about this game, even if even if West Virginia wins and this becomes somewhat of a signature win for Neil Brown, I don't know if that's enough to justify keeping him. I've mentioned this before on this week, especially I'll say it again, West Virginia really does lack an identity. And I'll tell you guys what I mean when it comes to just total offense, scoring offense, West Virginia is number seven in the league at 35 points per game, 34.9 to be exact. When it comes to scoring defense, they are last in the league at 33.7. When it comes to running the football, They are seventh in the league. When it comes to rush defense, they're fourth in the league. When it comes to the, uh, you know, passing offense, they're fifth in the league. Their passing defense is eighth in the league. Offensive efficiency, they're 10th in the league. Defense efficiency, they're 10th in the league. What does West Virginia do well? Nothing. They really don't do anything super well in relation to the rest of the league right now. And, This is a topic that, speaking of TCU, we dealt with when TCU last year had their issues. We talked about Gary Patterson. We talked about the identity. We said, man, this got some, they got some talent there, 
And uh, the problem is they didn't play very good defense. The, the running game was inconsistent on offense. Pass game was inconsistent on offense. And it, it netted itself out in a situation where it was time for GP to go. And look how the players are doing now. Now, I'm not saying West Virginia's got that situation. And they've got some, they've had some good defenses in the past. Don't get me wrong. But they're not there this year. And they're not turning a corner. They've got a top 40 recruiting class, according to 24-7 sports right now, which is very good. But I think if you pull the trigger now on a new coach, you have a chance to retain some of that class and do some more work, i.e. what Joey McGuire did last year. He did a good job retaining players and whatnot. Um, but to, to me, it's just at a situation now where even with the win, I don't think it's possible. I don't think they should have Neil Brown keep his job, although this would be that signature win that we always talk about. TCU, the key for them here is I, I think if they go down early, they're going to find themselves in a dogfight on the road against a really desperate team because West Virginia's been one up, one down. So for the Horn Frogs, the key is to start fast. Gabe Eichert, our colleague, my colleague over at SiriusXM, said this yesterday, and I agree with this. And I was kind of thinking about like, is this actually true? But he said, if TCU keeps starting soon, starting slow the way they are, they're eventually going to lose. And at first I thought, mm, is that necessarily true with the way that they've been able to kind of jumpstart themselves? Then I thought about it and I was like, yeah, that's actually the truth. That is the God's honest truth is that you can only do that so many times. While they're so talented and they've been able to overcome slow starts, um, you know, multiple times this season, like they're gangbusters when they can get it out of the gates fast. We saw it against Oklahoma. Um, they started slow against Oklahoma State. They started slow against Kansas State, but you saw they ended up winning by 10 that case eight game besides the injuries and everything. So they need to focus on starting faster. We even saw the Colorado get in and start fast. But they can still win games like that. But how many times can you keep doing that? How much longer can you do that for? You've still got some difficult games left on the schedule. You've got Texas Tech. You've got at Texas. You've got at Baylor. You've got difficult games left. So you can't pitter-patter around. You can't be doing that still. And so with that, I believe that despite the desperation from West Virginia, despite the fact that they're at home, it's a noon game. It's a sleepier kickoff. We'll see what the crowd's like. But – I'm not going to bet against DCU right now. They're, they're playing really good football when they start playing really good football eventually, you know, since they start getting it going. And uh, I've been on a little bit of hot streak betting them. Now, it hasn't always been, you know, spread. Some of it's been money line, but TCU has, I've had a pretty good pulse on TCU. I feel like most of the year it was the right side of the Kansas games. I took KU, not the right side of Oklahoma. It was the right side. Uh, I went money line. The Oklahoma state game did not love spreads there. Uh, but I was money line on TCU in that contest. That one worked out pretty well. Last week I was on Kansas State spread and also money line. So feeling like I got a pretty good pulse right now for TCU and how they're playing. I I think that they know what they're up against this week. It's going to be a desperate team. It's going to be a hungry team. They got to stay focused. They got to come out there and start fast. I think that they will. Oklahoma, Iowa State. We don't spend too much time in this game because it kind of sucks. Uh, it doesn't suck, but like it's kind of a weird game. So OU, um, th this this game is is it's gonna be fun. There's one matchup; it's pretty fun. It's going to be the Oklahoma offense against the Iowa State defense. Iowa State defense has been fantastic so far this season. The one weird matchup we got to watch is the Iowa State offense against the Oklahoma defense. Those two units have not been very good. Both of these schools are coming off of a bye 
going into this game. So who does that favor? Well, Oklahoma was pretty banged up coming out of that stretch that they were in. Maybe it's a chance for them to get pretty healthy. We'll see where Dylan Gabriel is. But they got to establish that running game. They got to get Eric Gray going. And this is a team that's tough to do. And, and we were talking to Jeff Woody the other day. who used to play running back at Iowa State. And he mentioned, you know, the one thing about this Iowa State defense is, like, you have to be okay with getting four yards at a time. You got to be okay with that. And um, that is something that I'm curious to see if Oklahoma's offense will be okay with under the Art Bryles system because this the whole point – of that system is really athletes in space, right? We see it with Tennessee. We see it with OU. We used to see it with Baylor, et cetera, et cetera. Athletes in space is the plan. That's the game plan. That's how you want this thing to operate. That's how you want it to roll. So I'm curious, uh, will that concept work against, work against a really awesome Iowa state defense? And then on the other side, you know, Iowa state take care of the football in this game. Can you run the rock and finally get that running game going? This is a big stay away from me, guys. This is a huge stay away from me on this one. I'm going to go. I mean, if I had to make a pick, like, I don't know. This is, this is where I'm at. I mean, this, this game is one of those where you're like, I don't know what the, which team's going to come out for either, either version of this team. Um, Iowa State plays really close games. When you lose, you lost four, but you lost them by all combined 14 points. So I guess because they play close games and they're at home. You take the points, but really, do you feel good about that? Do you feel super good? No, I, I don't when I consider this matchup. So that is why I will roll with the Iowa State Cyclones here. Um, see Hunter Deckers and see if, you know, a good chance to, to tear it up against a really bad Oklahoma defense. But I'm going to say stay away, folks. For the sake of the show, though, we'll make the pick. We'll say Iowa State plus the one and a half. The game of the day in the league at 230 on big old Fox. It's Oklahoma state number nine in the land against number 22, Kansas state. Uh, when I put this, I, I, I put these graphics in on Thursday. I'm recording this on Friday morning. So I'm not possible. Double check now to see what this line is. Um, but is one point favorite in this game uh, are the Kansas state side. Oh, Kansas state wildcats. The big story of this game and which makes it difficult to handicap excuse me, is the injuries, right? So yesterday I uh, heard from Ryan Wallace over at Go Power Cat. He told us over at Big 12 Radio that it sounds like Hayes, as, as safety is going to play. It sounds like Brents will play. Deuce Green is a game-time decision, but he said he'd be surprised if he'd play. He also said the th- same thing about Adrian Martinez. Um. I will also say this, like this is further proof that we need injury reports in college football. They have them in pro football. There is no reason that we shouldn't have them in college football. I think it's disingenuous. I don't think it's really fair. Like I, I think everybody should know what everybody's got going on, right? Adrian Martinez should have been listed on some injury reports last week. And I'm not just saying this is better. I think it's just like everybody else, the NFL does it, which is a very widely successful league, obviously not all successful, but the NFL is the standard. And nobody's complaining about injury reports. All right. I think also coaches should get fined if they lie on injury reports. Adrian Martinez comes in last week and, you know, we're thinking, okay, uh, you know, he's uh, here he comes and he, and he doesn't look right. And then Will Howard's in there and he gets injured. Now we don't really know what's going on. And, you know, I think Chris Kleiman was like kind of transparent, more transparent about it. I just said like, hey, we'll see on Thursday where he's at. 
no decision being made. Um, but like, it sounds like a lot of people are skeptical and look, Will Howard came in and performed very admirably in my opinion, uh, in that game last week against TCU thought it was a very impressive performance. I know this Oklahoma state secondary too is very banged up. Hopefully Jason Taylor can get back. It didn't look good. We'll see what the status is this week. Also, you all, you all know that my, uh, Mike Gundy, when it comes to injuries, is like you know notorious especially now recently after what happened uh also this line's now one and a half um he is you know notoriously quiet on the injury front does not want to give anything away when it comes to that category so uh and also i think Spencer standards good to go once again i mean this we had uh brandon presley this week tell us over big 12 radio that um that uh, Spencer Sanders said he is a tough MFer uh, about himself. Uh, I agree with that. I mean, the guy is injured and he's like, all right, I'm going to go out there and toss the ball 59 times. going to run 10 times, 10 plus times. Um, hell yeah, Spencer. We'd love to see that from you. But, uh, the, you know, the injuries, obviously the big story of this game. But if it is Will Howard, I'm going to take uh, Oklahoma State because – and, like, I think that will be become that will become clear as we as we near game time. But – Will Howard throughout his career at no point in time have I ever been really impressed. Even some of the throws that he made last week were ducks. Um, they were, you know, they show the replay going in the second half, like some real wobblers from Will Howard. And I thought it was a Herculean effort, uh, especially after he got injured. Came back in the game. You know, it's a really difficult spot for him to come in. And it sounds like he's getting the reps, though, with the ones all this week. So it could be good. But Oklahoma State, to me, in a spot where we're talking about depth, and I'll stick Ryan Wallace made a really good point. Like Oklahoma State's at a point as a program where these guys who are just ready to play at the next next level, like the like the guys who are behind the freshmen, like they just they do a really good job over Oklahoma State preparing kids to be ready to go to to get to that next level. Also, I love what I've seen from Mason Cobb in that defense in the middle. Um, I think he's been fantastic. He's kind of developing that next guy at the linebacker spot. So I love Spencer Sanders. I love Mike Gundy. Because I know who my quarterback is on that side and I like him more, I will take him. I also think the loss of Deuce Green is very important in the middle of the defense. And I know that we've got a pretty banged up receiver core uh, or a banged up secondary right now uh, for Kansas State as well. So I'll take advantage of that and I'll take Spencer Sanders. I'll gobble up the point and a half and I'll take Oklahoma State. But once again, there are so many questions with how banged up each team is that that I think will be the big decider, which is sad, but still, it's not an excuse. Not an, you know, we can't make excuses anymore. Everybody's dealing with injuries, and we saw Oklahoma State tough it out, so that could be a big decider. But I'll take the not even saying healthier quarterback. I'll take the guy who's playing Spencer Sanders, who I know is playing for sure, and I've seen him do really well injured so far. So I will go with one Spencer Sanders. All right, uh, one more game to get to, but first, a quick word from our sponsors over at Underdog Fantasy. Guys, Underdog Fantasy is the best way. It's one of the only ways you guys can play college fantasy football, basically. Uh, so what you guys can do is you guys can download their app at the Google Play or App Store, and you guys can sign up. It's available in most uh, places. You can do things like, you know, here are the, exa the examples written down, but Anthony Richardson over 162, uh, you know, passing yards. Uh, you can do Spencer Sanders over 250 passing yards. Baron Morton under, under a certain amount of passing yards. Deuce Vaughn over 1.5 total touchdowns. 
things like that are available at Underdog Fantasy today. Sign up with promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred bucks. Once again, deposit one hundred, get one hundred free. Go to UnderdogFantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the Google Play or App Stores. Uh, once again, that's Locked On. You guys can use that promo code today. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, ripping through these contests, one more to talk about. 6.30 on ESPN2, Baylor at Texas Tech. Uh, Tech is a a two-and-a-half point favorite. First of all, my first play in this game, I like the over 62-and-a-half. I know Texas Tech forced a lot of turnovers last week. Um, But both of these teams have shown a penchant for scoring, and their defenses have not been excellent. So I like the over. I think we're heading towards a 37-35, type game. Baron Morton has been – if Baron Morton keeps playing like this, he plays like he did last week, this week, they're going to win this game. They're simply put they're going to win this game because um, – I, like, I know I just said Texas Tech's defense doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't turn a lot, force a lot of turnovers. But Baylor's out here just handing the rock away. Blake Shapin needs to be more consistent when it comes to taking care of the football. I think there's a good chance that Richard Reese and Monterey Baldwin uh, and now Presley, all those guys can have really good games this week, but you know, that can also happen. They can also turn the ball over as well. So that is where this comes down to is like, which offense will blink, which one will make more mistakes. And as of late, Baron Morton's only got the one pick. He's not making as many mistakes. And the funny thing is Chris Level told us yesterday that Morton's not playing as well in practice. Like, like what he's doing on Saturdays is not what he's doing during the week. A lot of times you have the inverse, right? Now, you want to mess up in practice, sure. But a lot of times it's the inverse. Guys look great in practice. They're excellent. They're, they're you know, on Wednesday and uh, Tuesday, they're looking really sharp. Saturday comes around, you turn the bright lights on. And it's not looking quite as good. Baron Morton, apparently Tuesdays are bad. Wednesdays could be worse. And Saturdays look beautiful right now. Uh, You feel bad for Shuck and Donovan Smith, but you can't take this kid out. He likes to play fast. Chris Lovell told us he is a gamer. He said he hates to use the term gamer, but he's a gamer. And he just, and Zach Kitley, he said, you know, Kitley doesn't want to do actually the pace that he's running right now. But he said Baron Morton. Uh, you know, Baron Morton loves that pace. He needs that pace. He's one play to the next play to the next play to the next play. This kid's for real. This kid is for real. And also last week, I love it. The law firm of Thompson, White, and Brooks was awesome. Those are three of the returning players, along with Miles Price, that we thought would be important for distribution. Last week, those guys got plenty of touches. I'm actually, let me go double check this right now. Um, Texas Tech, West Virginia, you pull up the box score. Like Zach Kitley is always stressed getting the ball to his best players. Last week, Brooks was 17 carries. Brooks, uh, excuse me, Thompson, 
had 15 carries. Xavier White, eight catches in this game. Brooks, two catches. Thompson had two catches. I mean, you total that up. That's 32 carries plus the eight receptions for White. That's four, uh, 40 touch. I think it's 43 total. 43 total touches for those guys who were, you know, I know, you know, the rushing thing, Xavier White was a running back, right? Remember that? He was running back, went to wide receiver and had an awesome game. I love that. And I think they'll do more of that this week. Get these guys in space. I hope it's an old school Big 12 shootout. I'm going to take Tech. I'll lay the two and a half because they are at home. And I think it's because of the turnover issues that we're seeing right now with Baylor that I'm not sure they can get that thing corrected completely. I think they'll score some points, but I think against the defense, you think you can move the ball all over. They'll take too many risks. We saw it West Virginia. It bit him in the ass. And so I do think, you know, maybe not because Tech's, you know, good at force turnovers because they haven't been, but I think because um, Blake Shapin's going to turn the ball over, we'll see that. And that young team will, you know, maybe take one more step backwards. But I'll take Tech. They're honoring one Patrick Mahomes. So it's exciting to mention that as well. All right, run through these games of teams joining the league. Tonight, Friday, 7 p.m. on ESPN2, ECU at BYU. Disappointing year for the Cougs. We'll see what they can do against the Pirates at home. Kind of an intriguing game. ECU's been playing pretty well recently. Uh, 11 a.m. on ESPN2 on Saturday, USF at Houston. Houston looks like they are steadying the ship right now, uh, getting back on track. Was it back-to-back wins, at least for them right now? They had a bye week. We'll see what they can do. Uh, or no, bye week. They beat uh, Navy last week. So they beat Navy. But they're on the right track now. We'll see what they can do against USF at home. And then also, finally, uh, Cincinnati and UCF. The Knights are a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. This is a critical game because right now Tulane is in the driver's seat in the AAC. They don't have divisions. And honestly, you know, if, if in this game, if whoever wins this is in number two spot, it's very much like the Kansas state and Oklahoma state game that we have this week. We've mentioned those implications, you know, once again, like whoever wins that game is going to be firmly in second place with tiebreakers, you know, over multiple teams uh, in Oklahoma State's case, especially, they have a tiebreaker over Texas, a tiebreaker over Kansas State. They put them in a good spot. But right now, Cincinnati's 3-0, and uh, Tulane's 4-0 in the AAC, and then uh, you've got UCF at 2-1 and and Houston at 2-1. and So if Cincinnati wins, they put themselves at 4-0, hand UCF at second loss, and that puts them in a pretty good spot. If UCF wins, they'll put them at 3-1, and both 3-1, and that would give them the tiebreaker over the Bearcats. So exciting weekend coming up. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at JoshNeighbors underscore. Uh, you can find the show at LOBig12. Make sure you guys subscribe. Help us get to 2,500. And enjoy the football this weekend, folks. Till next time, as always, stay safe. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 